0: I hate this town, I hate this fucking town I don't even want to be in this town I know to leave this town going not take this town, I do You know this town must be run its This fucking town, we can leave this town walking on the grass and I've never seen this town She's got dreams too big for this town
1: Hello, and welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Town, a 2000 pop-punk and emo-pop retrospective. I am, as always, barely in control of my life, and with me, two other horrible feeling we get under late capitalism.
2: Hello, I'm Vagina Appalachia, here to get down on this mount. <laughs>
3: okay. And I'm Adam, and I don't have a joke ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> new
2: Hello, year, hi. new me, baby.
1: Ah, uh, How is everyone doing today? Are you enjoying the new year? We are recording this on like the 1st of January? 2nd? What day is today? 3rd? Th- today is the 2nd for us. It is the 3rd in my country, because mm-hmm. we are always forward in time. In a big country, it is January 3. <laughs> I don't know what you're referencing.
2: Big country by big country.
1: Oh, is it from the album Big Country?
2: I'm sorry, I have terrible news, Ellie. In a Big Country by Big Country was on the album
1: The Crossing. That's terrible. Yeah. Anyhow, today we're continuing our end-of-year roundup, our 2021 January special edition, Gotta Get Out of This Town. And we're going to talk about Dune. I haven't watched Dune. I don't care about Dune. You wound me, Ellie. Everything, I stopped honestly caring about any film the nerds are into.
3: Is that, like,
1: a beach movie, or...? Yes,
2: the ultimate beach movie.
1: Well, it does have Naked Sting, at least the old one, not the new one.
2: Yeah, we don't know who gets to be the Naked Sting. We do get fleshed-up Bautista, though. And I'm just saying Bautista can get it.
1: Uh, but no, we are, yet again, talking a better way, I just expanded our January of, uh, January of modern releases to five records instead of four, because I realized January has five Sundays. Did you know that this January has five Sundays? No, but I'm going to open my calendar right now, and holy shit, you're right. Mm-hmm. Five Sundays and five Mondays. I have started releasing this podcast on monday on sunday because that's when i edited and i'm like why wait i can just post it whenever i'm done editing it this makes sense but yeah i expanded it to five records which i assume the, the like three people who are really into our chronological critique of uh of pop punk from the 2000 will be very disappointed but I don't know, I have a fan fifth record. So, today we're talking about uh, the new Sincere Engineer record, which is uh, Bless My Psyche. And I'll be honest, I like this record, I think it's a good record. The main reason why it's here is that I wanted to put here a pop-punk record that I like, because literally everything else that we will talk about this month will be barely pop-punk, so... Um, this is pop punk. This is is the one pop punk record from this pop punk (laughs) roundup.
2: just like to begin this episode of gotta get out of this town with my sincere apology to everyone who has ever played mickey mouse you are not just the children's cartoon of feet stuff i promise you are people too
1: i don't i know what all of those words mean but i don't have any meaning from that sentence that i can discern but that's fine Um, i was issuing an apology (laughs) sure sure
2: Sincere Engineer comes from Chicago, Illinois. They are all twenty-somethings who currently fit in the back of a rented vehicle. Anyhow, yeah, they are musicians from the middle of the country, and that means they've got that Midwest heart in their art.
1: Is Chicago Midwest? Yeah, Illinois. Okay. I, don't, I don't know. Why do you, why do you sound like I should know that? I don't know America. I'm just gonna get a map for you, and you'll understand. Okay, 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 okay. Wait, there's a place called Maine? Yeah, but you didn't know that? I didn't know that. I never heard of that place.
2: Yeah, it's (gasps) up at the tippy top. Have you never read Hmm. a Stephen King novel? No. (laughs) Okay, that's how you haven't heard of Maine.
1: (laughs) Why would I I read a Stephen King novel? Stephen King is a
2: wonderful pioneer of horror. He just can't land the plane. Lovecraft
3: also did some stuff in Maine.
1: (laughs) I I have barely read any Lovecraft and no Stephen King. Sorry. I'm not saying that Stephen King is bad, just that, like, I never had a reason to read Stephen King.
3: Basically, what I'm saying is that all the horror writers love Maine and nobody else can live
1: there.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's not incorrect.
1: Oh, it's like my brain. Um... (laughs) How many horror writers do you
2: rent space in your brain to?
3: (laughs) Whistles inconspicuously.
1: Why is Mississippi written really small?
3: Um. (laughs) Honestly, because whoever made this map did not take a course in decent map making.
2: Okay. (laughs) Look, I just found one that would give you an actual bit of scale for where Illinois was in the U.S. I didn't go, what kind of quality is everything else?
3: <laughs> you know, that's why fair. If,
1: um, why, is, why is Dakota the only state with a north and a south? It's not. There's also Carolina, Carolina. also
3: has them. Oh, okay.
2: The one you should really be worried about is, why is there only a single west state and no east? Racism. Ah, uh, what? Where Where is the single East State? There is no East. There's West Virginia and Virginia. <laughs> what? Yeah, go look on the phone. Oh, right
1: why is that a thing? Um, you know, because
3: be weird. some people wanted to be having slaves and some people did not, and so
2: the state got split up. Wait till she finds out there's two Michigans.
1: Just don't have slaves. It's not that hard. <laughs> Well, tell that to Virginia. Wait, Rhode Island is a state? Yeah. Rhode Island is a I state
2: with an island. No, it's actually landlocked.
3: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Anyway, just above West Virginia is where I grew up in that little corner there.
2: <laughs> this is great. Every once in a while, I forget that Ellie does not have the context for the nightmarish little underpinnings of America, and this is just such fun.
1: Mm hmm. I, 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 I have never been to America. Uh, Sorry, I have never been to the USA. Don't tell her that there's a Kansas and
2: an Arkansas.
3: Oh, man, we really don't need to open up that can of worms right now. (laughs) They don't even touch!
2: No, they don't! Why do
3: Kansas and Arkansas not touch? It's actually pronounced Arkansas. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um. (laughs) Arkansas. I love this. How can we move forward and talk about this record? Oh, Sincere Engineer, the record is called Blast Psyche, it's very much a pop punky record with very sad emoish undertones. Uh, it is sort of like in the genre of sad pop punk with female vocalist with a slightly deep voice talking about very personal issue. It's a genre, it's a whole genre. I... I this is... go on.
3: I thought that this was an emo album with pop punk
1: undertones. I mean, that would also make sense. Um, it depends how you classify emo, and I will not go into the general discussion right <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> Elaborate on that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, But yeah, like, another reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I think the specific subgenre of pop punk just escapes our uh, year coverage for the normal podcast. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like, you know, stuff like uh, Champ, stuff like Camp Cope, stuff like their first record who came up, like, three years ago, I think it was 2017, where their first record came out. Amazing. Anyhow, like, most of the stuff came out from, you know, 2014 onwards. It became sort of like a thing. Even though, you know, because of sexism and shit, like, all of the <laughs> the female front band never were as big as other sad-punk acts of the time because the world is shit. Um, but it is a whole thing. Like, there are a lot of bands that don't sound exactly like Sincere Engineer, but they are in that ballpark. Anyhow, this is my favorite track of the record. This is a fantastic opener. This is one of the singles. It has a video. Uh, again, you've seen the video, it's The one with the bike and the pizza. Oh, right. Yeah, that one made me have anxiety last week
2: watching her fling around corners.
3: I definitely watched that, but I retain
1: no memory of it. I did listen to the song again today as my renewal, so... It is a good song. It is a very high energy, sort of angry, shouty punk song Yeah, with a good melody, some really relatable sort of sad punk lyrics. Uh, A lot of the lyrics in the next um, tracks are very sort of specific and that's sort of the writing style. But I think it's very smart for like the single to be a bit more wide and that like it's more relatable than like too much in the specific. And this song rules. Like this is like what what really got me into this record after not being like I enjoyed the previous record but it didn't blow me away. You you taught me that term today. Um, yeah. this song really just is a great introduction. It really uh got me into the record, and the rest of the record is also great, but like this song, this song is good. And like the the vocals are great, like the shouty delivery is like perfect for the song and for the lyrics of the song and yeah.
3: This song made me really excited for the album. I like it a lot. It's very interesting. Um This is my grand introduction. I was like, oh yeah, that is a great opening line. Um We'll see if it, uh, the album keeps up the steam of that.
2: <laughs> I love the vocalist. I love the pace. I love the anger. I don't love that half the tracks on this album are personal attacks on me.
3: <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a personal problem,
2: Sybil. I put too much trust in future me, she can't be trusted, please trust me, everything she says is such a lie. I'm in mood.
3: I can't can't hear you, I'm tuning it out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's the first of many such things that I called out in the notes.
3: Yeah, I kind of refused to engage with the lyrics on this one. I was like, hmm, I need to keep my sanity somehow. That is the best part of the record. It has sad, sad punk lyrics. If I wanted to be sad, I don't know. I'd think about my life.
1: (laughs) I think that this record actually has a lot of, like, cool, like, subtle production. Like, I love the... I don't know if they're backing vocals or if it's, like, a voice-like synth. uh, But on the bridge, there's, like, a really good production bit with this either backing vocals or sort of voice-like sense that really makes that bit come together and sort of lead in in the um, final chorus. It's good. It is an excellent song. Um, If you're, like, gonna listen to it, it's a good song. And, uh, yeah, it's my favorite song on the record. It's just, like, it's catchy, the repeated, you know, I need, I need, I need, I need help. It's like, yeah, one, that's the mood. Two, that's like sticks in your head so fucking much. No, it's
2: a great intro, and it actually, the first three tracks play directly into one another in the mixing. So the outro of this becomes the intro to Tourniquet.
0: And it's my
1: Tourniquet and Out of Reach. I would actually want to talk about these two together because I feel these two are very much like a whole song Even though it's two songs Okay But yeah, Tourniquet, Out of Reach Tourniquet plus Out of Reach An Out of Reach Tourniquet Uh, Yeah, these two songs are feel very much like a cohesive whole my comment here is this feels like Camp Cope but with actual music. Damn. I I, I like Camp Cope, they're good. I just I don't know. Sometimes I listen to it and it's like, whoever thought the idea of having a punk band without punk was a good idea? Um. Here's the thing, Ellie. No matter
2: how you feel about a band. Describing something as "it's like X but actual music" is never going to come off as praise for X.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I I, 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 yeah.
2: It's like Detroit Beyond Human, but an actual game. That's what you just said. Is, is, that, is that the name of that game? That's the David Cage game. Yeah. Yeah, but was it called Detroit B? Be- I think it is beyond human, yes. I thought it was become human. Is it become? I might be wrong there.
3: I had a uh, sibling that was obsessed with it for a while, unfortunately.
2: You're right. You're right. It is become. I'm sorry. I gave him too much credit.
3: (laughs) 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 So, this was one of the many points in the album where I had to check and make sure that I hadn't accidentally put the track on loop.
1: Oh, I feel this is very different from the previous track.
3: I still wear, I think... Oh, no. No. Tourniquet and um, Out of Reach. Halfway through Out of Reach, I was like, did I accidentally put a Tourniquet on loop? What is going on? Nope. Okay, they're two different songs, theoretically.
1: Well, the, I think these two work as one song. Like, they work as a whole.
3: Okay, then that makes it a four minute and 54 second long song mm-hmm. <laughs> which is almost a five minute song you know how I feel about these things Ellie
1: you love them? no <laughs> you're, you're a big fan of a more than girlfriend like 40 minute noise food?
3: that sounds like it would cause me to throw my computer against a wall
2: so how about this how about we talk about the fact that tourniquet kicks off and has a very 2003 pacing to it like this feels like a throwback to what we're covering on the main show with emo and rock but it then goes into a long drum outro which transitions into the opening of out of reach and out of reach has more meat on its bones since it doesn't have the long outro and is longer than two minutes barely but this whole bit about how this is just a depression ballad. Everything seems so fucking out of reach for me. I watch the green on the screen cover up this stupid fucking city. And then there's the line that Content once again. Warning.
1: There's a lot of swearing in
2: the <laughs> Once again, attacking me personally. Now I know, I know, I know, that was many years ago. We were so young then, now we're old.
1: I mean you you are old. That's fair. Yeah. hmm
2: But that is definitely a feeling I'm starting to grapple with as my birthdays come up and I deal with these things.
1: hmm I mean I'm I'm dealing with that at twenty nine.
2: That's, so, that's yeah. the thing
1: this <laughs> Fucking band is composed of little 20-somethings, and they're just...
2: Yeah. You feel old now? You feel old now? Wait till you have joint pains. I already have joint
1: pains! I don't have
3: to be old to have joint pain.
1: <laughs> we all have joint pains from this
2: podcast. Oh no, you don't know what joint pain means yet.
3: I mean, they straight up tested me for arthritis because my joints are so fucked up.
2: Okay, Adam gets a pass. Thank you. Adam gets an old people pass.
3: I feel special now.
2: (laughs) You are entitled to one bit of liniment rub.
3: (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Just what I need.
1: (laughs) Uh, I actually really like the outro tourniquet. No, same. I feel the meat of tourniquet is very, you know, as you said, it's very revival pop punky. And then it goes into this outro that is basically like art rock. And I'm like, yeah, you can have a bit of art rock as a treat since you're engineer. That's pretty cool. Yeah, this whole thing works real well
2: for me. I love these opening three tracks. I love the record. I bought the record, or am going to on Friday. But time is meaningless. But yes, I'm going to do this on Bandcamp Friday so they get a couple more bucks.
1: Is Bandcamp Friday literally every Friday now? Every first Friday of a month. Okay, I will need to keep it in mind, because the last time I bought records, I didn't do it on Friday. (laughs) I will buy things
2: in the middle of the month. But if I'm this close to it, I'm absolutely going to hold off a couple of days to give the artist a tip.
1: That That is fair, and that makes absolute
2: sense.
3: I liked Out of Reach more than I liked Tourniquet and once I went back and re-listened to it from the start so I could know which track it was. <laughs>
1: Out of I really like Out of Reach. It does feel like a bit of a repetitive track. Maybe it could have used like one less repetition of the um, either verse or chorus. Let's talk about the
2: videos for Tourniquet, which is a very... All right. I hate to say this but I know it's the easiest point of comparison, a very Rick and Morty-esque animated style video. Uh, (laughs) I haven't watched the video and
1: now I don't want to.
2: Well, that's, that's the style it's going for. It's got a lot of that similar aesthetic to it. Most of the videos, there's a few animated videos on this album, and all of them are aping or referential to something. Here, if I... I'll be polite to it. It looks very much like Star Trek, Lower Decks, a good show. I, I, I haven't ever watched that. It, it's legitimately good. This is a sincere recommendation from me. No irony whatsoever. Yeah, but I don't watch
1: Star Trek. do not we had this discussion of, like, last episode?
3: Yeah, well, you should watch more Star
2: Trek.
1: No! People who are not you listen to these
2: discussions, Ellie, and I want any of those people who are Star Trek fans to know Lower Decks is a really funny throwback in that universe that plays around with, uh... The TNG DS9 kind of era. It's great. Okay.
3: All right, I will go look it up.
2: And then, out of reach, is the cast and crew of the band just doing a show inside of a Shriners concert hall, just kind of playing in an empty, dimly lit building, and it's you know, it's one of those videos.
1: The next song is "Reckless in the Making." It has a The Sims video.
2: I've never played The Sims in my life.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, you're not trans anymore. You know, I hear that more than a little, actually.
2: <laughs> Once again, it's it's all of the all of the standard uh, cliches. I don't do Fallout New Vegas. I don't do Paradox games. You don't, I don't Fallout do Fallout.
1: <laughs> How? I would have assumed you would have loved Fallout New Vegas. You were
2: truly banned from being trans now, Sybil. I played it once, and it was okay, and I
1: never felt the urge to go back
2: because I hate those 3D
1: games. That is fair. I would have just... Like, this is not even a trans thing, this is like, I would have just assumed the writing for the game would be your thing. It does feel like something you'd enjoy. Here's the thing. There are games like that that I will totally praise,
2: like... Planescape Torment, because you can just turn on, give yourself all the stats mode, and it turns into visual novel? You can't do that with those 3D games. You still have to deal with the clunky, pants-on-head combat.
1: Well, you can give yourself all of the stats and all of the weapons.
2: But it doesn't make anything easier, and they still have systems like, and now you have to run around, except you're carrying the big weapons, so you're slow. Suck it
1: i think that's a pretty it's still a pretty good game i think it still plays pretty, pretty plays pretty well but yeah that's i fair. think it's if you're not into firmly it okay in
2: a bad engine
1: I i can see that i i'll be honest i like the i, I actually like how fallout 3 implemented elements of the uh, original fallout game into a 3d world um so i guess we differ on that I don't, Fallout 3 is, like, dreadful. Like, the writing is garbage, but I do like what that game does for gameplay-wise.
2: Well, here's something else that's going to make you scream, Ellie. The only Fallout game I've completed is New Vegas. Period. Oh, you completed that? Yeah. Yeah, I did all the expansions. I did one run, I did every expansion, I played it my way, and then I was done. And I've never felt the urge to go back.
1: I mean, that is not a bad single Fallout to play. The original, the first two Fallout's are good, but also are very old. So am I! (laughs) Yeah.
2: I I was playing computer games when those were contemporary. They had computers back then? I'm the Amiga Amiga, Ellie. You're the Amiga friend. Yes. Female. That's the joke. That's the pun. I can now call myself the Amiga Amigo.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I
2: know. I (laughs) I used to be an Amiga Amigo. (laughs) It wasn't nearly as catchy. (coughs) If I want to start a bad YouTube channel, I have a name built right in.
3: Uh, We were going to talk about Recluse in the Making, which is the song on this album that calls me out specifically. So I'm grumpy about it.
1: I mean, I am already a recluse. I'm not in the making, so it doesn't call me out. So please talk about it.
3: Uncharged phone, one million milligrams of Advil. Another dinner for one shared with the clutter on
1: the kitchen table. You don't have a kitchen. You live in university, in American university.
3: Yeah, I don't even have a kitchen, though, is the thing. (laughs) It's the clutter on my fucking desk. (laughs) (laughs) Which is even more pathetic,
2: Ellie. (laughs) Okay. There's a line on this that is an incredible attack. Well, there's a verse. The whole verse is really just shitting on me. But let's let's talk about what I like about this song first. I love that this one uses distortion as an instrument.
1: Mm-hmm. I do really like the... It's like almost like a percussion, right? To use it here?
2: Yeah, it's sort of like, if we go back to Nerd Talk for a moment, using the noise channel as your drum track. That's what they do here. This has a very folksy, bluesy vibe, and with the vocals from uh, Diana Bellos, it makes me think of another late 90s, early 2000s female vocalist. My brain says Paula Cole, but I know that's wrong. Someone else on the Lilith Fair Tour. I should look that up, but I couldn't find it. Anyway, has a lot of throwback vibes to that. Really wonderful. Now, that said get some THC and caffeine in me, see all these people, they seem glad to see me. I just got here, but I want to leave and I can't do that. To this taxi driver, I'm more honest than I ever was to my therapist. Okay, 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 just all the knives in my back. Sure, why not? (laughs) Thanks, sincere engineer.
1: (laughs) I am glad that I helped you find a record that you can relate to. This is very rare for our podcast to find things that you can relate to. I
2: legitimately enjoy this album, but...
1: Boy, I did
2: not expect that half the things on here were going to leave me going, "Oh, that's
1: that's real." <laughs> that smarts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, I really like the this, uh, the this song again. A l- lot of really nice, like subtle production things. Like this record uses either—I'm not sure if it's a accordion or harmonica. It's probably harmonica because I don't think they would use accordion, but. It just sounds nice and it's very subtle in its use, and it's like, yeah, good shit. This is not one of my favorite songs on the record just because I like the meteor punk songs that they do, but it is pretty, for what it is, which is a slow, bluesy song, it's pretty good. Agreed.
2: Up next is Hurricane of Misery, which there does not seem to be a video for. I've been looking.
1: OMG. Hurricane of Misery is really good. They go back with um, with a bit of more energy. It's pretty good, given that the last two songs were a bit slower. This is when we go back to the sort of pop punky. This is very pop punky, especially with uh, Wo-Oh at the beginning. Uh, it's very fun. It also opens with the sentence that gets repeated a lot. I want to touch you with my mouth, which I get, I get what she means. It's just like, it's an extremely weird way to phrase that.
3: I think it's supposed to be weird.
1: <laughs>
2: it doesn't have
1: to mean kissing. And I, 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 like, I know, I get it. It's still like a weird way to phrase
2: it. That's okay. We're just saying that even to the people who fuck, it still seems odd. We get it. Okay. That came out a little cattier than I meant.
1: <laughs> no, fine. I'm 8th I don't fuck by definition.
2: <laughs> I know, but I didn't want that to sound mean.
3: <laughs> I did not like this one. Oh, really? Interesting. Mm-mm. It's like, okay, it's about drinking too much. 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 Uh... I could just go observe the common room in my dorm if I wanted to, like, experience witnessing this. I don't need to listen to a song about it.
2: (laughs) As the person who had this experience when younger, this is a very familiar song because this is about being consumed by ennui because you don't know how to express yourself in a healthy or honest manner. To yourself or to others. So you are trying to open up by being shitfaced and you are going out around people and you have a swell of emotions that you cannot express and are just feeling miserable and wanting to puke on the floor and wanting to say you're charming and you're wonderful and go home with me. And none of it's coming out. And what is coming out is
1: if you're lucky, vomit. (laughs) Yeah. That is fair. As the as the non-drinker of the podcast, I appreciate uh Sybil translating the songs to us. Well, to me.
2: Also, the
1: guitar work uh
2: has a very two thousands throwback vibe. Once again, feels like it could have been something on a record we're covering normally.
1: Yeah, yeah, the guitar work and the melody and that o ooh o' pretty good. so yeah, pretty there's, good.
2: There's
1: there's about a fifty
2: fifty split between a two thousands era pop punk style and a lot more I don't know if technical is the word I want, but involved composition on this record.
1: Yeah, again, as I mentioned, there's sort of, like, good subtle production on the record. It's, uh, you know, it's not art rock, but it definitely takes inspiration from things that are not just, you know, uh, free cards and go on. It actually reminds me a bit of the Blink record we haven't talked about yet. Um, Okay. Is it the self-titled? The, um,
2: i believe so i think i looked up what the next blink one was because boxcar racer involved that was when the band broke up almost yeah
1: it's like the 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 record after boxcar racer which i think is their self-titled but yeah it does remind me a bit it does remind me a bit of that record where blink went a bit weirder and a bit like more involved and this of course are fruits more in the um, late 2000, like, thirteen, two thousand ten, 2010 pop-punk, like, that stuff, but it does have that kind of production feeling that uh, reminds me from that Blink record.
2: Okay, yeah, so um, Blink-182's Blink-182 is going to be our second-to-last record of 2003, and directly after that is going to be the Offspring Splinter, which I remember.
1: Oh, boy. Oh, that that is the one we'd get
2: that. That is hit that. Yes. Hit that.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's going to be a back to back.
1: We're going to have fun.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I remember that. That song
1: so fucking
2: much. (laughs) Oh, that with its reboot ass video was definitely the point where I went, not going to this club anymore. What club? The Offsprings Club. (laughs) The Offsprings have a club? Yes. And they all have jackets that say members only because they are an 80s throwback in people form. Dexter Holland's got to sell enough of his hot sauce to save the rec center, man. (laughs) Sure. What is the next Uh, Next up is Gone for So Long.
1: I really like the distorted riff on this one. I think it's a pretty good riff. Although they did get the the lyrics from uh, Sunday I'm In Love wrong, so I detract points for that.
2: (laughs) That's my joke. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. Stolen. Ah... The percussion and drumming are starting to stand out for me on this track, but not a lot else grabbed me. It's
1: a quick punk track. If it lingered, I would probably be more cross with it. Yeah, most songs on the record are very short, and the ones who are longer generally are longer because have like a slower pace, so it makes sense. There's not there's not a lot of reiteration, although again, a lot of songs do sound sort of sort of the same, not in a bad sense, like in the way that punk songs tend to sound very alike to each other. And yeah, this is not, this is not one of my favorites from the record, but it works. It's a solid track, um, has a good, like, again, I really like the riff on this one, and it sounds pretty nice. It's, it has a good sound. Melodically, it doesn't do a lot new, or it doesn't do a lot in general, but it's still pretty solid.
3: I listened to this one, like, four times, um... And I still like I could be I'm I'm going to listen to it again right now as we speak. And still, it's just like there's just it leaves no impression on me. It just slicks right off of my brain like a car on black ice. I just cannot grasp it and hold it in my mind. I'm sure it's very lovely.
2: What is the next song? Next up is come out for a spell.
1: So the next song has come out for a spell. It does sound very similar to Gone For So Long. What do y'all think about it?
3: This is the second time on the album where I had to be like, ah shit, did I accidentally hit the repeat track button on Spotify? Um, no, I didn't. They're just the same song twice. (laughs) Except this one has better guitar, in my opinion.
1: I actually like the riff on the previous song a lot more. Um, I think this is like, it's less, stands less, stand out less. But this song does have a really quiet piano in the background at some point, which like, yeah, tiny piano. Love me some tiny piano. We do love tiny piano.
2: Tiny piano just makes me think of a
1: tiny Ben Folds. (laughs) (laughs) A tiny Ben Fold that you can keep in your pocket, and hopefully keep it there so no one has to listen to Ben Fold again.
2: Nendoroid, Ben Folds. He costs $50 and
1: he only comes up to your thumb.
2: Why do we not like Ben Folds? I, I do like Ben Folds.
1: I think the only reason I don't like Ben Fold is because he, call, he made some songs with Jonathan Colton, And, uh... Yeah.
2: That guy sucks, but he's not like a sex pest or anything. To oh no, part, it's so. not
1: like a sex... It's just like the... the it's like... If you ask me what, like, to define cringe in, like, by using a musical (laughs) artist, that's like, that's Jonathan Coulton. (laughs) You're not wrong. That's the portal guy.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, everything after he became the portal guy, before that he was at least trying a little. That's fair. That's fair. It still
1: wasn't good.
2: (laughs) No, it isn't good, but there's definitely something that's like, I'm going to be a musician and I'm gonna be a nerdcore mastermind. (laughs) One of those is just such sleazier ambition.
1: And then we move to Dry Socket.
3: We would generally prefer our electrical outlets to be dry, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is that is there is a solid way for electrical outlets outlets to be, but you know. This is an extremely States champ guitar on this record. This is very like 2010 pop punk. The really positive, really like bright guitar stuff at the beginning of this is like, oh, this sounds like a States champ song. And also it sounds a bit like anime. I could see this being an opening to an anime.
3: I don't like it because it, it uh, calls me out just a little bit too much. Um, don't appreciate it, but it does sound nice, so I will give it a pass as long as I don't have to engage with the lyrics at all.
2: Uh, wonderful guitar work in this. The chord progression starts doing some fun things that, again, it's a lot more technical than we've been covering in general. It is a loneliness song with uh, hints of depression and self-loathing. I love the line, You were the polish to my porcelain decaying bones. Which is so good. Delightful. It's a good metaphor. And then, you know, there is that closing bit, which is, uh, To be quite honest, I might vomit at the thought of never seeing you again. But I must admit, all my nerve endings are dead. And it repeats, I'm getting used to being numb instead as an outro. I mean, that's the mood, yeah. A 230 track, quite good, wonderful little bit of metaphor and depression and emotions and a good, solid song.
1: Love it. Gonna tell to Coming In Last, which has great lyrics, like very much a mood, uh, an extremely bad intro, which I'm always for, and it's overall one of my favorite
2: songs of the record. This is the one that has the James Corden carpool karaoke video.
1: Okay, it's not one of the best songs of the record. <laughs> 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 So, this is not related to the song, I actually like the song. Carpool Karaoke is one of the worst things capitalism I've ever shut out. It's like... L- the idea of, like, this fucking billionaires just trying to be relatable in a car is one of the most angering things ever. Like, you know how what my core I'm already, like, upset and just, like, sort of vaguely disgusted by how people flock to, like, upper-middle-class influencer and, like, donate to them, despite that being, like, the complete opposite of what, like, working-class people should do in a fucking dystopic capitalistic society that we live on take that and use actual billionaires instead of the, like, upper-middle-class influencer, and it's like, wow, I hate this. I want this to die. I... This genuinely angers me. There are very few things that genuinely angers me. Like, I am a pretty chill person. I am a pretty whatever person on think. I am apathetic and depressed enough to not care about most shit. Carpool Karaoke genuinely angers me. <laughs>
2: Pop quiz, Ellie. Which one is more upsetting? Carpool karaoke or Jerry Seinfeld's Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee?
1: I have never watched the latter, and I don't know what that is. So, please don't tell me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, no, go on. Sorry. Our audience needs to know about the adventures of Jerry Seinfeld.
2: He will pick someone up in one of his myriad fancy cars. Some are loaners. some are things he actually owns. The vehicle itself will be part of it. He will have a discussion with this person. This was one of the first times Rick Moranis emerged from Solitude, was to just be in one of these little interview segments, and they will drive through some coffee joint and get something while they're discussing on the way back. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Okay. Which one is more anger-inducing?
1: I think, well... Jerry Seinfeld is an awful person. So is James Corden. Is he? Oh, yes. I thought it was just like sort of like unlikable.
2: James Corden showed up to a Writers Guild meeting, said that none of his people should get residuals and made sure none of them could come.
1: He gave his writer Chastity Belt?
2: Basically, yes. No, James Corden is an actual awful human being on a lot of levels that are documented.
1: Okay, then it's Carpool Karaoke, because I was going to say that the, the Jerry Seinfeld has the um, Jerry Seinfeld in it, which is already angering, but the whole aesthetic of Carpool Karaoke is like, of it. the whole aesthetic of Carpool Karaoke is Black Hole Sun.
2: See, I want to rile you up because i can throw different things at you that will make you feel different ways about each of them on and off and i just kind of want to see where you land
1: (laughs) i i don't know i i i think i land on carpool karaoke india if james corbin is like generally awful person like you say which seems correct um yeah fuck that shit oh yeah no any any story about that guy in
2: hollywood is basically like You would think Jimmy Fallon is the worst man in Late Night, but no, it's James Corden.
1: (laughs) He was Peter Rabbit.
2: And the fat cat without pants in Cats. (laughs)
1: Uh, Shall we talk about uh, Coming In Last? Uh, It is one of the hardest songs of the record. Like, the guitar is very, it's a lot grittier than other songs, which I think is a good change of pace. Solid um, chorus.
3: It's okay. I liked
2: it. All right. It is firmly all right, I don't really have a strong opinion on it, and I think of the video more than the actual track. Okay, talk to me about the video. The video is a bunch of attractive young people singing along with the song in a car where the vocalist is driving at all times, and various members of the band cycle in and out of the passenger seat. That's it.
3: Okay. I did wonder which part of the I-90 they were on. The song doesn't provide any other clues, though, so...
2: Which part of the what? The first line is, I-90 is so backed up. I don't know what the I-90
1: is. Highway around Chicago. Oh, okay. How do you know Chicago Street, Sad?
3: The I-90 goes across the entire continent.
2: It is an I for interstate. And since it is even, it goes from east to west. Mm-hmm. Odd-numbered ones go north to south.
3: Yeah. That one goes from uh, Maine all the way over to uh, Washington, I believe. So I was like, gee, that is a long way for the road to be backed up.
2: across the finish line there is a video for this there is I'm looking at it and they're all dressed as sexy trash
1: cans (laughs) I think you're adding the sexy part yourself I don't think that was the intention (laughs) one of them is wearing booty shorts
2: that blend in with the can so it just looks like a (laughs) pair of gams underneath this thing
1: (laughs) again I think that's just you
2: I'm not saying I would fuck this trash can, but I'm saying it's got a good
1: butt. (laughs) What the fuck is this podcast? Uh, I really like this song. Uh, My one note for this song is um, a fuck up anthem of 2021, which I think it's the mood. Um, And yeah, I'm like, I'm not trying to win. I'm just trying to finish. It's like a supremely relatable line. And all of the lyrics on here are great and like very much a mood. uh, As someone who spent 2021 going nowhere in her life. And yeah, this song may be sad, but it's also good.
3: Yeah, this one's pretty relatable.
2: If this were the final track on the album, it would be plus one star, but it's not. This is a great conclusion. You don't like the, the closer? I don't i think this is a really good one the climax of the track is excellent if this were what played us out it would be like yeah i'm pumped i'm leaving this album hype as hell
1: okay okay that makes sense um i i think i agree but i think the closer the actual closer is pretty good for the record still also too dumb
2: to succeed too honest to cheat is very much younger me and you better believe i fixed both of those
3: Oh, see, I'm not there yet. I am still too dumb to succeed and too honest to cheat.
2: Good news. The throats of capitalists taste like fucking French fries in your teeth.
3: <laughs> Noted. Oh, yeah. I do like French fries. Hmm.
1: Everyone likes French fries. Okay, I like French fries. There are better way to prepare your potatoes, though.
2: Yes, but they're one of those things that universally passes. If I said, oh, yeah, they taste like hot dogs, I would have to go, but I can't eat meat. Other people would go, that's trash. Why wouldn't you describe something? Whereas if I just say French fries, everyone goes, "Mm, I do like French fries.
3: I know a lot of people that don't like French fries, but
1: they're all weird. (laughs) I like french fries, but I don't put any condiment on them, aside from salt, because I think ketchup is the grossest substance in the universe.
3: Put honey mustard on them, you coward. Or ranch.
1: I don't like... I don't like... Oh, God, I fucking hate ranch. <laughs> Blue cheese. Vinegar. Barbecue sauce. Vinegar. I. So my problem with most sauces is that they're all, as you were mentioning, vinegar-based. And actually, I. this is what I'm realizing about my taste in food. I really fucking hate acidity. I thought I was like a picky eater, like I didn't like most foods and most flavors. What I realized is I just don't like vinegar. And most of the shit is vinegar. Put some cheese sauce on it. Cheese sauce is fine. I love cheese. Okay, yeah. put some cheese sauce on your french fries. Problem solved. Poutine. I th- I think it gets messy though. I ate um cheese and bacon fries and I think it gets a bit messy to eat them if the cheese is all over them. I would eat them with a cheese dip, maybe. That would work. Welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Plate, a food retrospective podcast.
3: Now I want cheese fries. Um, I don't have any. Same,
2: actually. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'll walk over to the Mexican joint and just get some cheese fries in a minute.
3: Uh, I wish I
2: could. Nothing. Nothing lands better Than a good Mexican joint cheese fries where they'll throw a little bit of guac on top of it. For real. Fuck yeah.
1: Uh, Bless My Psyche, it's a slow closer. It works. Uh, Uh, I don't know what else to say. I I enjoy when records... It's the ballad. It is, but it's sort of like, I don't know, it sort of closes the album sort of softly, and I am fine with it. So this song, like, imagine a whole record of this song, and this is Camp Cope. (laughs) That is why I, I make fun of it sometimes. Oh, dear. Yeah, th- again, this, yeah, this is a very Camp Cope song, and I get it. I get the appeal.
3: I don't. This song was like, ooh, this is very different from the rest of the album. I clearly don't have it on repeat track. And then it kept going, and I was like, hmm, not my
2: thing, though. It's short. I'll give it that. Doesn't wear out its welcome. I just think it wastes the energy that Dragged Across the Finish Line stops on. But, there's a line in here, I'm just screaming out, just screaming out, just screaming out for you to calm me down, calm me down, calm me down. I don't trust anyone that much, so this whole thing is alien to me. That is fair. The only part of the lyrics that hit me in this one, because I sleep pretty well, because I'm a monster who just takes a melatonin, sits down, and crashes in ten minutes or less, Every time, no anxiety. The only bit that got me was the final chant of on and on and on and on, pretending nothing's wrong. That's it. That's the only bit that spoke to me at all. The uh, bit that spoke
3: to me is uh, I'm a ghost in this ghost town in my head on the verge of a (laughs) breakdown. engrossed and gross and existential dread. That's not me right now, but I've definitely
1: been there. That is definitely me right now, especially because they live in a literal ghost town, so you know.
3: See, I take a melatonin to sleep now, but that was not always the case.
1: Oh yeah,
2: I used to drink myself to sleep. I didn't have access to that when I was younger. You people sleep?
3: Yeah, yes. we take a melatonin to do
1: it. Yeah. Right. Mine has lemon peel in it. Ooh, nice. I Today I slept from, uh, well, I did sleep technically, but I did sleep from like 2pm to 5pm, <laughs> so that's my sleep schedule at the moment. I, I am definitely on three hours sleep at the moment, which I'm sure after I edit this podcast no one will be able to tell, but I can assure you, listeners, everyone who's listening, who's podcasting with me at the moment can tell that I'm on three hours sleep. Yeah, but... You're also beside Adam and I, and that
2: makes you seem 10% more controlled and composed at any given time.
3: Yeah, I mean, I just had family over for three days and had my brain put in a blender repeatedly, so, like, you're firing on more cylinders than I.
2: (laughs) And I keep walking around doing a Gordon Ramsay voice to myself and giggling like an idiot.
3: I mean, that's just, like a valid thing to do
2: yeah i guess
1: <laughs> seems normal to me don't judge the normality of things by what seems normal to adam do <laughs> just, as a, just a general approval like i i get it i would just not use it as a you know as an official measurement hmm hmm it's like it's like using feet and inches to measure things. Like, what the fuck are you cavemen?
2: Oh, oh, you mean you mean the measurement unit feet? Not, I thought you were about to talk about. You're just measuring things in human feet.
3: What about measuring things in hands, like horse people do?
1: I mean, I assume that's what what Americans do. No. No, we have a standard
2: foot that was cut off of a failing general, and we use that as our standard metric foot.
1: Oh, okay. That's much more normal. Mhm. TV, three... Anyhow, any final thoughts on this record? There's rules. Could you expand on that?
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> this record is not my cup of tea, but that doesn't mean it's not good. It's just not my particular vibe, and that is okay.
1: What if your vibe?
3: Uh, I don't know. Sibyl, go ahead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, no, I really vibed with the opening of this. It does a lot of interesting things melodically. It does a lot of interesting things lyrically. It has a vocalist who sounds unlike anything we are covering by and large on the show. So it was a breath of fresh air there. In short, this still fits in the milieu of what we're talking about. It's not just we did an art pop or... uh random thing that ellie likes for 2021 in this category but also it's a very good version of what we're covering and what we're trying to get to and i look forward to seeing how we get from early some 41 and blink and random things into artists who sound more like this
1: mm-hmm. there is a path there that we'll see especially when we get around the 2010 it's like the rise of Sad Punk and that is that is going to be fun. Yay! I'm really look I'm really looking forward till until we get to the Wonder Years. They have a pigeon as their band mascot. It's cool.
3: Oh boy, I love pigeons.
1: Oh for a second
2: I thought you were about to say they have a pigeon as a vocalist. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, this this isn't tattoo boyfriend. Same song different chorus
1: So this was an episode.
2: <laughs> Anyhow, the arrested Arizona penis man claims there are more penis men out there.
1: Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was not expecting the response. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that because in another Discord, they made a joke. Um, do you remember that uh, J.K. Rowling tweet about penis people? <laughs>
2: But yes. I just
1: posted, like, oh, there's more penis people around. <laughs> uh, anyhow. Um, this was an episode. You can find our other episodes at getoutofthistown.com. You can. And, um, do you have anything to plug, Adam? I do not. And do you have anything to plug, Sybil? You can
2: find me at hellscaper.com with all the projects I do.
1: And as always, you can find me on Twitter at and. uh... And we do
2: not have a Patreon, but I will tell you that you can absolutely rent us for a while to just sing in your car for a bit. We'll take turns and uh, you can pick whichever
1: of us you find most appealing on camera. Look, I'm trying to fucking do voice training. I'm not singing. Sing. Awesome. <laughs> They're dubbing over us anyway.
3: <laughs>
2: Goodbye. See ya.
3: Goodbye. What's on your
0: mind? Not like I've got the time to stick around. I'll catch my friend. Like Get out of this town. What's on your mind? There's no
1: point left in- your image down was I should stop fidgeting, because then I will hate editing this episode. Uh, sorry. That's the editor's curse. I mean, no, that's the person who fidgets a lot, Curse. Well, the people who aren't the you editor You know what, is, have what is the worst thing for me, a person who fidgets, those... Do, do you know those like attachments for the um, Joy-Cons from the Switch the like yes. the ones with the string? I cannot have them around because I will just start spinning them from the string. <laughs> Anything with a spring is a danger around me because I will just mindlessly start spinning things. <laughs> huh. Anything with like a string and a and a weighty thing at the end is just something that Without thinking about it, this is not, I want to do this. My hands will just, like, grab it and start spinning it. I'm going to grab Ellie a pair of bolos for
2: her birthday. (laughs) Nothing (laughs) will go wrong with this plan.
3: (laughs) Everything will go wrong with this plan.
1: fucking 1 hour and 40 of recording that will probably end up being like 50 minutes after I edit the shit <laughs>